0: Hey there, everyone. It is Denise Salcedo. Welcome back to Instinct Culture. I am very excited to welcome you, my guest for today. He is the owner of Major League Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Court Bauer. What's up, Court? Hey,
1: Denise. It's good to be back.
0: I know. I'm so excited to have you. This is our this is our first official one-on-one interview. We've done a podcast together, but it was a little bit different. You know, we had uh, Andrew and Garrett were also there. Uh, so this is our first one-on-one. I'm so excited to kind of like get into your brain and like, you know, scope around there a little bit.
1: Good luck. Good luck. Finally, <laughs> I have a neurologist here. This is good.
0: <laughs> That's so awesome. Awesome. So Quirt, let's go ahead and jump right into it because I really, you know, I mentioned wanting to get into your brain of being a promoter and running a wrestling business, because let's be real, especially this day and age, there is so much competition. There are so many people that have dreams of, you know, wanting to run wrestling promotions, etc. So I want the second that, uh, you know, you and I got in contact, I was like, hell yes, because I feel, uh, you know, given that you are, you know, you, the own ML. W, you are the right person to kind of talk about this. So I want to start off by rewinding back uh, to July 2017 when you decided to relaunch Major League Wrestling. Uh, After 13 years, what made you uh, decide like, hey, the time is right. Let's give this a second try.
1: Well, it it kind of goes back to that. WrestleMania in Orlando. Wale and I did Wale Mania. We started it in 2015 in San Jose. This was the third one. And after the show, we were sitting there in the parking lot because, like, the the nightclub spills out. Everyone just awkwardly walking around, and it's a lot cooler outside than the hot nightclub. So I'm sitting there with Wale and uh, with my right hand man Saint Laurent, and like. Why don't you finally do this why you why don't we just do one show it'd be fun wally mania originally the third one was supposed to be like kind of like a wrestling show and podcast and concert we're like that's a bit ambitious so they're trying to drag me back into doing and i never really felt like i wanted to go back and and do it because it's a 24 7 365 kind of thing and yet having been doing these panels with wally mania and having been a advisor and consultant for ring of honor and lucha underground and working with AAA, I was like, well, you know, this, this generation of talent, it definitely gives me the itch to get back into it. And, and, you know, maybe one show would scratch that itch. Uh, And, you know, and I also had had like set up some business for other people and like, they'll just, they would botch it or something was happening like that. I'm like, you know, maybe it's time to bet on yourself and do something uh, and just maybe one show will be enough and they'll get it out of my system. And then we did one shot that fall in Orlando and, you know, within two or three weeks, we were we were pitching networks and all of a sudden I was I had the bug. I was back in it. And so one thing led to another. There was no business plan initially for this. It was just let's try this out and uh, let's see where it goes. And when we started that in 2017, the business was so different than it is in 2022. You had a pandemic. You had another billionaire enter the race. You had all these things happen. You couldn't have seen it coming. And, you know, a lot of it good, a lot of it complicated.
0: The, the thing that I kind of wanted to, you know, talk about too is because, you know, you mentioned how you decided like, okay, let's, you know, get this one show out of the way. Let's kind of go from there. But, uh, you know, you had this first era of MLW, you know, in the early two thousands when you first started it. And then that went away. Then again, we mentioned that break of 13 years and then relaunching it. Uh, what would you say is the major difference between like what you're doing in terms of like strategy or, uh, you know, just like, what's the biggest difference be- to between, be with the first version of mlw to now
1: well you have so many different things on so many different levels just re- recruiting and scouting talent's totally different than it was in 2002 2004 you had a lot of great talent you know guys like cm punk were coming through mlw back then samoa joe uh davy boy smith tj wilson chris Hero, all these guys now you have Twitter and you have social media and you go on Instagram and watch a clip of someone like, Oh my God, that guy's going to be huge. That guy's going to be great. I remember when we first discovered MJF, it was, a, he was working a show in Florida and we saw like a YouTube clip or like, oh my God, this is this guy's going to be a big player. So those kind of things are great because you used to have just look at VHS tape and constantly just be a slave to watching VHS tape, which back then was a real pain. So that's one thing that's nice. It's super convenient. You can be sitting there in bed and you find the next big thing. You're like, oh my gosh, let me DM this guy. And boom, boom. It's really easy to do it. Uh, and then like from a revenue point of view, you now have the opportunity to hit not just TV, but streaming. And then international is a whole different animal now than it was when I was doing it back then. So there's a lot of different ways to make your money. You know, some businesses, some wrestling companies, depending on where they are, like in Mexico, a lot of their businesses kind of the revenue comes from sponsors and then ticket sales are secondary. And they, you know, they don't really, the media rights are a different thing. In the States, some companies are driven on ticket sales. They, they, they live and die on that or streaming pay-per-view through fight. Or a streaming deal or a linear deal. And so it's so much more complicated and there's so many more slices of the pie now than there was when I was a kid doing this. And I think it's better. I think that's why wrestling has been able to endure and grow despite more competitors entering the marketplace. There's just more ways to make money.
0: And you mentioned like being a kid back then. And obviously now you have like this, you know, larger wealth of knowledge, I'm sure than you did back then, as we all see the growth within ourselves. Uh, But you mentioned, uh, you know, everybody kind of having a slice of that pie. And we mentioned revenue coming from all these different locations and also the way that scouting talent has changed because you mentioned, hey, like going out there, you see a clip and you're like, dang, this guy has potential. Let me reach out to him. But we mentioned the fact that we also have a a lot of competition out there and, you know, you have impact, you have. A W W W E. wwe you have you know overseas companies etc so with that being said as a promoter as an owner how do you make sure that you stay relevant and that you stay competing with these other promotions who are also you know kind of going out there and maybe even reaching out to the exact same talents
1: our experience has been that we're faster to reach out, identify the talent and, and make a play for them. And then they're validated by seeing the system and then talking. We say, look, talk to our guys, talk to Fat too, talk to Hammer and get a feel for if this is a good system for you because they're here. They've turned down big deals because this was a system that brought them to the table. They're comfortable. It's given them a, a level of comfort in their lives. But talk to them and see if it's a good fit. Maybe it's not. Uh, and that's kind of what we've we've been able to do in successfully signing talent is be just just very transparent about it, and I think also the big thing that a lot of of our business has been identified with is just being the future of wrestling and being the the bridge to that next level. And, and we're in 20 countries and growing. So a lot of our talent, like we have Hammer going over to Italy. We have great strategic alliances with IWA Puerto Rico, AAA, Dragon Gate, which will have a big presence in our show in New York City. Uh, and then of course, NOAA and so on. So we want our, our, our talent working. We want to open the door for them and, and be able to work as many places as possible. So just being able to have them have more eyes on them globally is important. From our TV and through our strategic partners, it's really important. But to stay relevant, I mean, you got to do creative things. Whether it's like Tim Donahue, who was the crooked ref from the NBA, uh, doing something with Richard Holiday, that got huge headlines. That got us on like ESPN Sports Illustrated, all over the place. CBS Sports. That you got to find creative ways to be noisy and. Every week, it's a different play from the playbook. If you try to do the same thing a million times, hey, MLW just signed this guy. Then we just signed that guy. and Then we signed another guy. It's like after a while, it gets to be the same. You're, you're playing the same song. People want to hear something different. You got you to gotta spice it up. And then you look at your roster you're like, oh, my God, this sheet's this long with all these guys now. Some of them are stars. Some of them are projects. We got to figure out how to work it. So you just got to find different ways to get your name out there and, and get the talent front and center and showcase them
0: and I like that you mentioned that too kind of t- trying different things and you know every week kind of it being something different a new strategy and I think that's part of the the, the the part of the job that really interests me because I feel like okay how many times haven't you seen this throughout the years throughout the decades you see wrestling companies come up and they have this like oh we're here and we're going to do this differently and we're going to do that and everybody's like okay and then all of a sudden they fade away and you never hear from them ever again and you know you, you had you know the the first stint of MLW, you have the break, mm-hmm. you come back. Uh, what strategies do you feel you have taken? I know you've kind of mentioned a few right now, but what stra- what do you think are the most important strategies that you have implemented to really make sure that you know MLW has gotten to the point where it's at now, where you know you you have all these collaborations, all these partnerships with different companies. You're on being sports, etc.
1: Yeah, I think you have to have a strong foundation, and it's the it's the people in the company, and it's having that stability too. You have to have stability in the office and they have to know that, okay, this is, this is a reliable, stable thing. And you have to have good partners. Like we had the, the we were able to endure the, the, the pandemic because we had a great media partner with BN sports. We have a show in English and a show in Spanish every week and they've been great and wonderful to us for four years. Uh, that's been huge. And along the way you have other opportunities and you try different things, but you always want to be good to the people that are great to you. And without BN, we would just be still running a show in a nightclub in Orlando. And I love that nightclub. I'm going to go back to that nightclub. Shout out to everyone in Orlando. But, you know, it wouldn't have allowed us to grow and be able to tour and go to Dallas, go to New York. Go, I mean, that's been huge. And to also, you got to be able to find your audience. Like, how do you counterpunch two billionaires? Well, what are they underserving? What aren't they working and, and, and attacking successfully? What is our strategic advantage? Well, we have a show that tracks really well in Spanish because BN Español plays hockey. They play uh, soccer they play soccer all the time and then MLW's on right after that whether it's after the Classico, then you know there's MLW so we've been able to find our audience with first and second generation mexican americans that want a piece of the homeland so they go to a show in new york or dallas or wherever and they're getting to see the biggest luchadors they can from and that's great because of our partnership with AAA so you just got to find different ways to be flexible and then adjust once they once the competitor figures that out now you got to figure out the next thing So you got to be nimble when you're smaller, like us, you can be nimble and find ways to, to move forward and continue to grow.
0: I like that. I think like you mentioned being nimble. I think that's a really good way of putting it. Just kind of making sure you go wherever the wind takes you and try to, you know, soak in whatever you can. Right.
1: Yeah, you have to it's it's a really important thing that you look at your business every day with fresh pair of eyes. What worked yesterday may not work today or tomorrow, and you can't be rigidly set in that. You also don't want to be impulsive and just do crazy stuff every day and then it's like up and down all over the place. So you gotta be you gotta be strategic with it, but also be open to trying things that are different, listening to different people and getting their take on things. And and I what I love to do when given the chance, is I'll walk away from the grill position during a show and just quietly walk and try to blend in in the back of the crowd and just walk through the crowd. I want to hear what's in, what, what are they talking about? What's interesting? What are they, what are they thinking? What, what, what's exciting? What's, what are they reacting to or not reacting to? That's the best market research you can get. And that's how you keep you know, a pulse on the product. Cause very easily, I think a promoter, Booker matchmaker can convince themselves that anything can work and will work, and, and sometimes throw money on it and make you think it's going to even get better. And, it, and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But going out there and listening to the crowd, combined with listening to what's going on on social media, that gives you a good amount of data along with you know viewership and stuff like that. So that's it's really important to always have that pulse.
0: It's like a focus group. You're you're very in your in person focus group. You're, except you're not behind the mirror. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: yeah, free market research. You know. <laughs> That's that's, It can't get any better
0: than that. So you also mentioned, you know, listening to the fans on social media at the live events, but here's the thing. We know that wrestling fans are very passionate and, you know, sometimes let's be real. Sometimes they, you know, fans, including myself, sometimes we feel like we can make better decisions, right? In terms of creative and, you know, who, what talent to bring in, et cetera. And we get so invested into the promotions that we're, you know, fans of. So with that being said, how do you make sure that like you're listening to your fan base, but you're also staying true to the vision that you have and also the 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 vision and the unit for mlw
1: yeah i mean there is a balance you know you're collaborating with the talent and sometimes that takes you in different directions unexpected directions very exciting directions. sometimes you you hit a wall you know a guy doesn't want to put another guy over which is interesting because early on in 2017 when we brought back mlw i remember the early shows and tony Schiavone. um we brought him back after a long hiatus from, from wrestling and he was walking through the locker and he looks at me with skepticism and says, you sure these guys are going to be willing to you know, put these guys over tonight? I said, Tony, they're, they're totally cool. This is a new generation. But a few years later, how the business picks up, the business wasn't where, where it is now back in 2017. And now people are definitely more like pushy on, on whether they're going to do the honors for someone and, and put them over, which I think is fascinating. Uh, but that when business heats up, all of a sudden wins and losses matter a lot more to certain people, and it's just how the business evolves. But uh, you know, it, it's it's important to get the town engaged. It's important to kind of, you know, you I have a 24-month strategy from a booking point of view. It's where I want to be. I write it in pencil. My 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 expectation is we're gonna get there. Sometimes you don't get there, sometimes you have to accelerate it, move it faster. So a lot of things happen, injuries happen, pandemics happen. So you just gotta be again. Nimble and and flexible to adjust. Uh, You have a playbook, but if you're a slave to it, it's going to be catastrophic because you get that rigid, you're just going to just nosedive into the ground.
0: So when you're, you know, owner of a promotion, you kind of have, you have to have your eyes and ears everywhere, right? You got to have, uh, you know, there's so many different departments that you're dealing with. You're dealing with business relationships. You're dealing with marketing with, you know, just so much talent, creative, et cetera. I I want you to kind of like walk us through what is a week like for you, uh, for court Bauer, what does it look like in terms of like Monday through Sunday? What, what's the week like?
1: Oh, well, yeah, I mean, usually on Mondays, I'm looking at the next, uh, I'm looking at a cut of that Thursday's episode of Fusion, giving notes along with p- members of our, our team. Uh, we're working then, like, early in the morning, I, I review the press releases that are going to go out for that week and the media outreach and seeing what we the team has planned and giving my feedback to it. Uh Usually the mornings are typically when I'm doing kind of like a lot of the reading and feedback stuff. The creative isn't working quite in the morning yet, but I get in early and I, I you know, just shoot a lot of emails and texts off and getting it's more of the business side. The wrestling creatures come out midday, kind of in later in the day. So that's when the creative stuff starts up and we'll, we'll start looking at, you know, what we're doing for the next show and, and working more to refine that and looking at the matches and stuff. And Tuesday is more of the same of that. Uh, and you mix in business meetings, uh, you know, we are, you know, we, ha- we were tracking to have something we were going to do this past fall, something happened that resulted in us not being able to do it. So we had to, I had to go back out there. And then, you know, tee up a bunch of meetings, and you're kind of, what well, was a year in the making. Now you have to it's like groundhogs that you're doing it all over again you're having meetings and pitching mlw programming to linear to streaming and so on and 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 that whole thing kind of eats up a lot of your 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 days because you're just constantly attacking that and so you know we love those kind of things and and those opportunities and we've been pleasantly surprised with what's on the horizon Uh, and then you're also having meetings in the licensing space tuesday wednesday thursday so you know whether it's about our new toy deal which will be a now soon, uh, those kind of things that, in, and going over that process that takes up more time. And so then there's always a fire that comes and you have to put it out, uh, whether it's talent, whether it's a logistical thing, you know, it, it always those kind of things. Uh, and then, you know, by Wednesday, we've pinned down, we've locked down that week's show. And so we, we, we put that to bed and we start over and we review then the run sheet for Thursday uh, for our editors. And then that show will air the following week. And so by while we're doing that we're also again polishing and refining what we're going to be doing on our next live event you know whether it's new york city next week or something like that and so you know every day you know you have like a you know your plan of what could happen but then all of a sudden you get sucked into a two-hour meeting whether that's linear rights or that's a talent that has an idea or you're recruiting someone where all of a sudden you're talking with folks out in the uk about a tv deal those kind of things all of a sudden can blow up your schedule. So again, everything about what I do has to be flexible and nimble. I have a I have a plan. I may not get everything on my my calendar for that day, and I move it to the next day. Uh, we also then have our production meeting for our our, our our event the following week. We'll have an agent meeting for the event the following week with just the, the wrestling ops people, our agents, and so then that gets into Friday. And then by Friday, you know you're 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 seeing kind of the early development of the week, the next week's show. Uh, you are just getting everything ready from the MLW social media and dot com point of view with our social media team that's going to roll out for the next seven days you're reviewing merchandise that's going to go live um, having those kind of meetings with our merchandise team so it's constantly it's uh, there's meetings and zooms and calls constantly and when I get that quiet time usually on the weekends when I just go find a quiet place and then I'll try to map out, you know, the creative when I'm not going to get a phone call, it's going to be pretty quiet. And then I kind of work through it over the weekend. And and, and by Monday, you know, go back and circle with talent and our team and, and kind of chew on it a little bit. But it's kind of, you know, with wrestling, it's not like working for, you know, Apple or working for any company, you know, a law firm or whatever. It's It's such a different thing every day. You know, it is very much like a sports league, but you know, usually sports leagues, the head coach is just working on like drilling the team and working on new plays and, and, and come up schemes against the other, you know, side to make sure you you can match up better. I have to do that role, but I also got to run the company. So like, you know, it's kind of like when I watched that show winning time uh, on the Lakers, it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, watching Jerry Bus in that version of it, it. It's you see how this guy was hustling. He's doing a million things. He's also kind of a coach and he's kind of filling these holes and he's just perpetually in the fight I think there is some of those kind of owners that are in that position, whether it's like Jerry Jones and, of course, a lot of wrestling promoters. Uh, it's so hard to compare it to anything else, it's such a unique skill set.
0: It is. And even like, that's why I, I'm i so glad I asked you this question, because even just like listening to your day to day things and all the different things that you mentioned that you have to go over, it, it's a lot. It really is a lot. It so is. when you do have those moments of like, downtime, whenever you can find those pieces, you know, that piece for the day, uh, I can only imagine how uh, beneficial that is for you to, uh, you know, just keep because you got to you got to make sure you take care of yourself too, right? you make sure that the, the creative wheels are still spinning that you're still, you know, you find find that urge to, you know, go out there and send those emails, make those business relationships. you got to, you know, it's all a hustle. So you got to make sure you're, you know, wired every single day to go out there and do all of yeah. that.
1: Yeah. And I think that's one of those things when I was at WWE, they really, everyone is in a gym culture there. And I remember it's so funny when people would start with the company, all of a sudden they find they may not hit the gym, but all of a sudden like every day they're in the gym before they go into the office and people are like, man, I'm, I'm losing weight and I'm getting shredded. I don't understand how this is happening. But what's interesting in that culture is that, you do by going in the morning and working, in, and working out in the gym, you definitely kind of clear your mind, clear the cobwebs and kind of get everything moving faster uh, than just, you know, firing up some coffee and going in front of the laptop and just, you know, yeah. getting on with it. So that's one of those, uh, those those good routines that I moved forward with in MLW. It's like, yeah, I always hit the gym early in the morning uh, and just kind of get revved up and get ready for the day because, yeah, you you want to kind of clear your mind and working out does does that great, does wonders.
0: It, get, it gives you that, that extra pep in your step that you need for the day. I love and it that. Gives you,
1: and it gives you the energy because you, yeah, like, it it, you have to have that energy and it gives you that a little more in that reserve that you would have had. And I've, I've been bad. I've been there are times at MLW when I haven't hit the gym and I'll, you know, hit Starbucks three times a day or something. And I'll be like, man, I just can't get that energy. What's happening. I'm getting all these coffees and that working. but when you're in the gym, it definitely gives, keeps you at that, that higher level.
0: I love that. you're like, Those are those are the days. Like, don't approach the boss. He's just running on coffee right now. Yeah, yeah. he's a little <laughs> the- grumpy. Or, or,
1: I definitely have one. He's a little grumpy. Let's get him some Starbucks. He's going to be fine.
0: <laughs> Starbucks heals it all. Let's, let's just heal it all. Uh, yeah. Awesome. So let's go ahead. And, you know, we talked so much about the business aspect, which I love because I, I feel like this is something that uh, personally, it's one of my favorite aspects of, you know, just all of this is knowing and learning about the business. But let's go ahead and jump. Jump into creative because there's a lot of different things that I want to touch on in terms of MLW and some of the creative directions that you've gone with with certain people, etc. So one of the things that I did want to say is that, you know, with uh, you guys have done a really good job at like growing certain talent like Hammerstone, Fatu, Richard Holiday, and really just like making them into this uh, cornerstones of MLW. So with that being said, you know, how important is it to MLW's growth? to make sure you keep guys like that satisfied so that they can stay with the company and, you know, just continue to help the company grow.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's an absolutely critical thing because, you know, they have families, they have, you know, they have their things, they, their goals in life creatively, financially. And one of the things I always say is, look, we, my proposition is this, we will grow together. And as this grows, you'll grow too. If we get a certain deal, you know, we try to then go back to the table and, and, and improve whatever we had offered and committed to and give you more. And Fatu, uh, Hammerstone, both been with us for like four years just about now. And they renewed and done several deals since then. And we, you'll see like, well, I thought you just signed a deal. Why did you sign a new deal? It's because I'm living up to my, this is, this is my contract with the talent in that I gave you my word. We have an opportunity to give you more money let's go back and, and, and work out something that, that works for you because this this was my obligation to make you as comfortable as you can here and so you're not just satisfied creatively but financially too. So that's important. And they have to you have to have that trust and they have to have that trust in you. And it's only built by you know backing that up. Uh, and so that's why guys have re-upped. I mean all the guys you mentioned they they're on their second, third deals with us and the competition for their services certainly hasn't diminished. It's only gotten bigger and greater. Um, but you know Fatu and 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 Hammer and these guys and, and Holiday all these guys Alicia too these people are here because they it works they like the environment they like the creative process and and you know we've grown together which is a good feeling when you know as a performer that you're building something and then when that thing is being built the business is going up and then you're getting rewarded by that you know there's a real symbiotic experience there that happens and it's a great experience for them it's a great experience for me so. That's something that's just been, you know, something we've been doing and we're going to continue to do through the summer. It's going to be a busy summer for us.
0: I like that. And one of the other things I've noticed too, because uh, you guys don't shy away from using like wrestling lineages either. You know, you had, uh, you had the Von Erics and uh, yeah. now you also have uh, uh, the Samoan SWAT team. So it, I feel like sometimes in terms of wrestling, you see companies shy away from that, like yeah. shy away from the wrestling lineages. Uh, what was it about that? That you're like, you know what? No, like, let's not shy away from it. Let's actually use it uh, to help benefit MLW and the stories, et cetera.
1: Well, I think wrestling's always had that interest from the fans. It's like they love seeing the journey, they love seeing the legacy, the storied wrestling families, and the next the next generation emerge. And this goes back. I mean, you know, at least to the '60s or '70s. I mean, that I would see you'd see these guys, and and I think look, people loved the Hart family, and they loved that there was Brett, then there was Owen, and then you found Davy Boy was related, and then Jim Neidhart, and all these things. And I think families, you know, look at, look at the Usos, look at Roman Reigns. I I think there's this, it's like to not do it is like going against the current. I mean, the fans want it. They're typically going to have great chemistry. And from a marketing point of view, it's easy. Uh, And so we've kind of since, you know, the early days of MLW in 2003, I mean, Samu and Umaga were a tag team of the Samoan Island tribe. And so we've always had something like that in MLW. That's always been a part of our DNA. And now, yeah, the SWAT team, the Von Eriks, I mean, we've had the Hart Foundation come through, uh, you, you know, Los Parks, you know, two generations right there. Uh, it, it's always been a fun thing. And I think, you know, from a merchandise point of view, merchandise, they, they love, the, everyone loves the T-shirts. You know, have another shot to buy the Von Eriks T-shirt. to get a SWAT team T-shirt, which is, they've been killing it on the merch. so. I think it's just something that fans just relate to. You're not going to see that in a lot of other sports. You didn't see Babe Ruth Jr. You're not seeing seeing Michael Jordan Jr. So to have that in wrestling, which is so unique to wrestling, such a cool thing about wrestling
0: exactly exactly now um what are the other things that I wanted to touch on for you is uh Cesar Duran okay so he has been uh so when he was in Lucha Underground as uh Dario Cueto and prior to that he had no wrestling experience like there was nothing there and now you know he's done such a great job with Azteca Underground and pretty much everything that he's been doing in MLW so I I want to ask what was his reaction when you basically like reached out to him and had him come on board with MLW and also like like, what have been your thoughts on uh, what he's done so far with the company?
1: Yeah. So, you know, we were building a storyline with this mysterious shadowy figure in the background in, in starting in January of 21 during the empty arena phase. And we had our hope that we would be able to come to terms with with the former Dario Cueto um but in the early days when we were doing that and it was playing out on tv through february march we didn't have a deal we had a few like backups in case this didn't work out they were not as good as this and then we finally were able to pin you know down something and and it was so great because we wanted to give our season finale a great great payoff and have him be kind of like that post-credits marvel scene where it's oh my god here's he's back he, and is as ruthless as ever and and in talking with louise he Definitely, when we were talking in the early days about how this could work, he really felt like you know he had unfinished business uh, he he loved it, he fell in love with wrestling, got the bug for it, and he's able to ha- he's been able to have a great career outside of it. He's done stuff like curb and hearing those stories are awesome. But you know, I think there's nothing quite like wrestling it, it, it's 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 such a hybrid, it's such a blend of everything else sports you know, t v scripted unscripted that you know, for him, it was just fascinating. And so when we laid out the vision and what we were doing, he was thrilled with it. And so very quickly, we had a close set, uh, filmed some stuff in April for our May reveal of him. And we did in California. I was directing it remote I, because it was still COVID. I was like on a little phone giving direction and we were watching the shoot in between takes and stuff. Uh, so we were, it was a weird classic COVID moment where you're just everyone was remote except for a cameraman, uh, a grip a, a lighting a sound person and Cesar and maybe some of the other characters that were in the, the shoot but uh, it was a weird situation to start a, a relationship that way but you know those, these were these were weird times so you were trying a lot <laughs> of different stuff uh, but he was fantastic and he's been great to collaborate with and we're he's going to make his, na- his new york debut finally next week and we're excited to have him finally come there he's awesome
0: that is so cool. So let's get right into it then. Battle Riot 4, June 23rd, New York City, Malrose Belt Ballroom. Uh, this is one of your big shows. So I kind of want to yeah. get, I mean, I have the card right in front of me, but I want to give you the floor to really kind of talk about some of the matches that are going to be on, t- what you're going to have. Just, you know, take the ball with it and let us know what, we're gonna ex- what we can expect from the show.
1: Well, this show is going to be a fascinating one because for the first time in MLW history, I'm going to try to figure out how many companies we have uh triple will be involved iwa puerto Rico will be involved dragon gate will be involved a- another company will be involved that has yet to be announced uh that might be a surprise uh and we have a pretty stacked lineup so it's it's a it's going to be a fun show bow Riot is our biggest show we got like a handful of tickets left this thing is going to sell out it always sells out which is awesome it's a 40 wrestler match you can pin by elimination, you can pin a guy, you can tap a guy out, you can throw him over the top rope. So it's like a real rumble, but with all these other things. So you have a big dude in there like EJ Nduka, you know, one guy can get an arm bar on him. Another guy can get him in a, in a, in a cross face. And another guy can wrap up a leg and give him an ankle lock. And everyone can try to submit him. And that's the way he can get eliminated. So it's pretty, pretty wild like that. And then the winner of this thing who's the last man standing, gets a tile shot anytime, anywhere. They can cash it in right after Hammerstone's so finished a match and jump him right there and get it. It can happen anywhere, anytime. So you have that spontaneous thing, and it does anoint the next guy that's going to be probably stepping up to face Hammer, uh, but not necessarily. We've had Bell Riot winners wait almost uh, like six six to ten months to cash it in, so it can be instantaneous. It can be a long time. You never know. Uh, so that's a big match. That's the big main event. And underneath that, we have Davey Richards challenging Alex Kane for the National Overweight Championship. We have Erez, Lindsay Dorado, Myron Reed, and – uh, La Estrella from Dragon Gate in a World Middleweight Championship match. That's going to be a fun one. We have Bandito challenging uh, Hammerstone for a world title with Cesar Duran in play. He'll be uh, ringside for that match. And a bunch of stuff we've yet to announce. So it's going to be a stacked card. We have Scarlett uh, making her debut, her in-ring debut in MLW. We have Taya Valkyrie defending the World Featherweight Championship against Brittany Blake. So it's, it's, it's going to be a big card for us.
0: So you mentioned La Estrella. I do want to ask you a question about that because yes. he's literally one of the best young high flyers from Dragon Gate. And uh, so I want to start off by asking you uh, how you feel about him making his debut. And then also, how did this partnership with Dragon Gate come about? Yeah,
1: so kind of kind of rewinding back again, it was a pre-pandemic thing. We announced in February 2020 that we were being working with a strategic alliance with Dragon Gate and then we started the work on okay who's getting visas and who's coming in and then boom the pandemic hits everything's put on hold everything's frozen and during that time you know not to get into the political end but you know different different administrations had different policies on visas and it was a little harder to get some of that paperwork through because of what we were dealing with with the political climate plus the pandemic so you couldn't really leave japan it wasn't very easy coming and going you see that with a lot of the companies so things kind of just wear us on hold and so finally in Japan it's been a little tougher a little more rigid in terms of what they're able to do and travel and the restrictions so now you're seeing that start to thaw out finally a year after it did here in the States we were you know a little different here in the States for the most part so uh, now we have Dragon Gate coming into play so we've been thrilled to introduce them. This is something that I think everyone's like, yeah, okay, we'll see. That Dragon Day announcement really worked out. Well, we trust, we wanted it. It's just a matter of when. And just, there's no news to share. We had no news to share other than just sit tight. We're going to, we really do pay off things. Just got to be patient. Sometimes it's out of our hands. And this is one of those things that was just out of our hands. So last day of coming in, Uh, was a great was a great thing for us because there's no better prime market to debut them than in nyc which back in 2003 we crowned our first world champion kojima satoshi kojima just won noah's top title uh in new york city so uh we have a lot of history here and the fans in new york love their japanese wrestling so no better place to do it
0: and uh, here's the thing i were you surprised that you were able to make a working relationship? Like, you know, you have your working relationship with Dragon Gate, but, you know, we've also talked about this before, you and I, uh, with All Japan. Were you surprised that you were able to make those working relationships with both of those promotions?
1: No, you know, it's it's like we have, I have a good relationship with the Booker and Noah. I have a great relationship with the Booker in All Japan. Uh, and Dragon Gate was new ground. I really, there was, I didn't have those, those, those personal connections or, and, and no one did in our, our office. So that one was like the the most challenging one to kind of, to get through and, and lock in because it was just, it was, you know, new relationships. The others, no, I mean, they, they all play well together. Uh, they seem pretty, pretty cool. Uh, and we try to give them the assurances. that like, look, What are you, what's out of bounds? What are you, what are you comfortable with? We don't want A lot of wrestling promoters and and people in wrestling often give you the ask for forgiveness, not for permission strategy, which yeah, you might get, you might get something through, but boy, you're not getting it again. So we want to be diligent with how we do this. So part of the process is making sure everyone's cool and comfortable. There's no surprises. There's no weirdness because wrestling can be very political. So that's, that's something you want to make sure you, you, you tackle. Uh, and, you know, I would say stateside has been probably the most difficult in terms of working with other promotions because uh, there's regime changes, it's a little more unstable, or there's new minds that are learning the business and don't really understand, you know, this, if this is transactional it has to work for both parties. In, in international, whether it's IWA Puerto Rico, Conan and AAA and Dorian, uh, it's a, it's a pretty elegant, easy uh, setup. It's 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 We haven't had any issues. It's really, we work together to make this the best we can and represent their talent to the best of our abilities and likewise.
0: How pivotal do you think it is to have these working relationships with these promotions that you mentioned uh, for the growth of, of, of MLW?
1: It's great. I mean, it's important because we want to bring something different to the table every show. Having a show where you can see AAA luchadors and you can see Dragon Gay and you can see savio is a legend from puerto rico and iwa all those different things are important for our talents important too where i can take a guy and say you know you come here you're also going to have uh, most of our shows the office from three or four different companies so there was a show in like october and there was you know there there was a representative the booker from all japan was there then you had conan there the booker from AAA. a then you had savio the booker from iwa puerto rico it's like you're not just going to get work from me. You're going to get work from all these other places too, hopefully, if they like you too. And I'll always put in a good word, but it's going to give you the exposure for the fans. We're going to give them the, the opportunity to see all this new talent. Uh, so that's been great. And and I think that's that's what you hope for in these relationships, that everyone gets something out of it. And, and you know, it's, I really got to say these relationships, part of the reason I think I gravitated towards these particular companies instead of others was it's, not like walking through a minefield of like, how's this going to work? It's going to be weird. Okay. We can't do that, but we can do this. And you know, there's definitely every promotion has guys they have to protect and you have to respect that. Cause I have guys I have to protect, but let's figure out what we can work with. And, and there's always a way to do it. You just have to just not have your guard up and just say, okay, honestly, what can we do? Let's be transparent about it. And you'll find a way through it.
0: I like that. It's very interesting to get into all of that, especially the differences between working with you know companies here in the states and then working with companies that are you know outside that are international and whatnot. So it's been pretty cool to see, uh, you know, a lot of different companies work together, and you know MLW has their long list of companies that they you guys are working with as well. So that's always really, really interesting. Um,
1: my big goal, frankly, this year is, to have relationships in the U S and uh, those are, those are forming. And I think that's important for the fans because I think the fans want to see interpromotional matches uh, when and where that will happen remains to be seen. But, you know, that's kind of one of my goals and expectations this year from an in-ring wrestling operations end is to, to work and to kind of open up the doors to stateside relationships. And I, I think there's, they're, they're going to be happening soon. We'll be, we'll be sharing more soon.
0: So I know know you said you're going to be sharing more soon. Is there any ideas in terms or any hints that you can give us in terms of some of the relationships, uh, some of the relationships you'd like to form with certain promotions uh, in the States that you possibly haven't already?
1: You know, you know there's, there's interesting developments happening in wrestling every day. You hear about, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. starting a company, right? Uh, you know, and, and so it's very, an interesting time to be in wrestling and see who, you know, who's around the corner. Because again, when I started this in 2017, uh, there was no, there, there was a ring of honor. There was an impact, there was WWE and NXT was revving up. Now the whole landscape changed. NXT 2.0 is totally different than NXT was. And, and, and Ring of Honor doesn't, you know, kind of exist, but it's kind of now, you know, adjacent to ring to AEW and how they present it. So that's a totally different time.
0: That's awesome. Okay. So uh, I do want to talk about MLW future, especially because we were already talking a little bit about the relationships, et cetera. And uh, so, you know, this show happening in New York and you've mentioned, you know, your shows in Dallas, et cetera. So I do want to ask, what about the West Coast? When are we going to see some Los Angeles dates out here? You know, I'm not here in L.A. Uh, we, we, we need some events here. What's going down with that?
1: Uh, we've been working on this for about two weeks. I can tell you that there is something right now penciled in for 2022 West Coast uh, in possibly California. Uh, I hope to have some more details to share very soon on this, but it's been something we've been, I mean, it's been in the planning stages since 2020, you know, 2019. Our plan was to roll out to the West Coast, and then everything blows up. But yeah, we're, we're looking at that happening this year. And uh, you know, we had to kind of readjust our schedule for, for some other stuff that's on the horizon. So not to get all cryptic, but when we did that, it afforded us the opportunity to speed up our our ability to get to the West Coast. We have a lot of fans of, I know, wanted to see us. We've done shows in Tijuana, but not States on the West Coast. So we're excited to do that finally.
0: That's awesome. So I also want to ask you, and I got two final questions for you. The first one being uh, in terms of goals for MLW, some of the personal goals that you may have for the business that you might want to share with us. What are some of the ones that you're like, okay, this is what we would like to see for MLW in the short term and the long term as well?
1: Yeah, my goals from a wrestling sense are bring in more star power. And sometimes when you look at a company, it's like you're contingent. That's contingent on what you have the capacity financially to do. Bigger, richer media rights deals, big sponsorships, those kind of things drive that, drive your ability to do those kind of things. And so that's one of the biggest initiatives for us is is bringing in more star power because we kind of are the best kept secret in wrestling. We know all the big big promoters are watching if they want the talent we need the fans to come in in a larger scale. And, and that's, you know, star power is where it's at. You know, people go and buy a ticket, to see a Brad Pitt movie. It might be a so-so Brad Pitt movie, but they're going because they love Brad Pitt because, you know, that's just how it is. How many people are watching that great movie that, you know, in an art house. Well, you know, we want this to be something that's larger and continues to grow. So stepping up star power is one of the bigger priorities for us. That's something we have, uh, we're working on right now. And then on the other side, it's just continue to build out our licensing and our media rights, which you know gets into like corporate, you know, jargon of all that stuff. But that is something that is every day that's what I'm doing. That's all I'm doing is just closing these deals and working on these deals. And sometimes you're at the mercy of the other side of the table or the other side of the Zoom call. And so you know you're going at the speed of what you're able to do because they're just moving at a different pace. But we're going to be announcing some exciting stuff on the licensing end and on uh the tv and i think in the in, in you know in the coming months i don't want to be the guy saying it's coming it's coming don't <laughs> want to do that not going to be no tweets or anything but i'm just just no i'm working hard i'm working on it uh and you know it, just, just believe it when you see it is all i can say and until then you know stay tuned
0: And my last question for you is you mentioned that MLW is the best kept secret in pro wrestling. So with that being said, for those who have not yet uncovered MLW, what would you tell those fans to say like, hey, come check out the product, et cetera? Like, what do you want to say to those fans?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the future of wrestling in every sense. You go back to 2002, 2004, 2017, you're going to see Kojima before he blew up in Japan. You're going to see CM Punk. Get his, make his TV debut saying he's better than you and, and talking about straight edge. You're going to see in 2017, a guy like MJF walk out there with the burberry scarf. You're going to see guys like Strickland blow up and Ricochet and all those guys. And then in 2018, 2019, Matt Riddle, all these guys came through MLW. Now a new era, and it's Fatou. It's Hammerson. It's Holiday. It's Mads Kruger. And then we're mixing in some star power there. You've got guys like Real One. Uh, you have guys like Killer Cross and Scarlett and some more players entering the mix. And then you got the best of Mexico. you got the best of Japan and you're going to have guys coming soon from Europe. So we just want to be a little bit of everything from fighting styles, from lucha, to strong style, to MMA, to grappling, like Davey Richards does a great job with. All that. We want to be that thing where we can show different fighting styles and it's grounded as a combat sport. And we really are, that's important to me. And, And it's one of the things when I was doing like work for UFC Fight Pass, was how similar MMA is to wrestling. But the great thing about wrestling is you can control the outcome and you can make sure you have all those cool moments in a fight, whereas in MMA, you're just hoping that happens. And maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. It's a long night at the fights. That's the beauty of wrestling. That's the magic of wrestling that you just don't, you don't, you don't see anywhere. You don't get anywhere. So this is a big year for us. You know, we have a lot. We're going to, we're going to, we've got to accomplish and, it's on me. It's incumbent on me to make it happen and our team. And and, and that's what we're working on. And you know, one of the big things we did in the last two weeks, I'll also share with you is we signed with a new agency range media partners to go out there and shop our rights. And, and, and so I don't think that's gone public yet, but uh, it's a great team. They represent a who's who in show business and now they have major league wrestling. So we're looking forward to this relationship. We're looking forward to more MLW coming at you in a lot of different ways, not just, In the traditional sense, maybe it's reality, maybe it's something else, but it's all on the horizon. We're working on it now. And, uh, you know, the world of MLW never stops. We can't allow it to, we just, if you're not growing you're dying. and that's kind of the everyday I wake up and it's like the anxiety hits, we got to go, we got to get to work. And you you feel behind the eight ball. So I got to get that workout in and I'm, I'm, I'm attacking it. And that's all we do every day. So everyone in my company does, I'm, I'm blessed to have a great group of people, Surrounding me, that's made this all happen too. From the locker room to the staff, uh, I, I couldn't have a greater team.
0: I love that. And I'm so glad that you mentioned, you know, having a great team because at the end of the day, it's not just one person. It's a bunch of people coming together to make this possible. And I think it's very exciting. I feel like, you know, even just like in the last couple of years or even just like the last couple of months, we've seen so many different changes in pro wrestling and all of these different things happening. So it is cool to see like what's on the horizon for pro wrestling in general and also for MLW. So uh, last and final thing, uh, Court, uh, please feel free to promote Battle Riot. Uh, Let the people know where they can watch. Etc. all
1: right to be determined on where you can watch it because of some pending business however uh you can see it live in new york city limited tickets available go to mlwnyc.com a few great seats are left uh, there's not a bad seat at the melrose ballroom it's going to be a night you won't forget it's going to be a stacked lineup and uh, you won't have a better thursday night than june 23rd in new york city It's a tv taping there's the battle riot there's title fights bandito hammerstone they're going to get it on See Cesar Duran make his New York debut. See Scarlett make her MLW debut. Ty defends the towel against Brittany. It's a little bit of everything for everyone. Oh, yeah. And then there's this little guy called Microman. You definitely don't want to miss him. He's the world's greatest wonder. He is amazing. He took Dallas by storm, maybe a weekend. He was driving around the Micromobile. I don't know if you saw him. He was throwing munchkins from Dunkin' Donuts to fans. And he loves munchkins. So, of course, why not? Uh, the world of MLW is nothing quite like it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Core, for doing this interview with me and for giving me all of the 411 on everything that goes down in running a promotion. I really hope we get to do this again in the future. It was so awesome to get to chat with you. Uh, Thank you guys so much for watching. Please, as always, give this video a like, subscribe to the channel. And aside from that, we'll see you guys next time. I'm Denise Salcedo. This is Court Bauer. See you later. Bye, everyone.